0: 21 to verse uh, 22 and 23. It says this, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. That's going to be preached on another week. Okay? So enjoy it, but it's going to be another week. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word that is planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. The question I want to ask you, the question I've been asking myself this whole week is, why would I not listen and act upon the word? Why would I not? Why would I come to the word like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and then totally forgets what he looks like, not act upon the word? Why would I not? And why would you not? This is the wisdom saying, if you like, from James that we're just going to mull over here, that we're going to look at together, that we're going to ask ourselves together. Why would we not accept the word of God? And the first thing that struck me as I worked through the text was chapter, uh, was, uh, chapter one, verse 21. You must, you must humbly, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word of God planted in you, which can save you. Your default position when you come to the word of God must be one of humility. So the first war that you are fighting when it comes to the word and being a doer of the word and not just a receiver of the word is you are at war with yourself. You are at war with yourself. That's what the scriptures explain to us. Um, I watched a movie yesterday with Caleb. It was uh, part of the C.S. Lewis series, the Narnia series. He's read some of the Narnia books with me now. Um, and uh, and we, we, the video shop didn't have book number three, I think it is, uh, Line of Witch in the Wardrobe is two, didn't have number three, but had number four, which was The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Now we've not got to that story yet, so we didn't know the story watching it, and, um, and basically, some of the, if you don't know the story just bear with me, a lot of it's meant to be an analogy of Jesus, Aslan, etc, etc. The children that go into the land of Narnia are on a boat, and they are trying to find seven swords from an island, and those seven swords, when they are put together, is going to defeat the evil that is on this island, but the evil that is on this island is like a green smoke and what it is, is it pulls out of you, this green smoke pulls out of you, your fear and your true self yeah, sure. so, so what's going on underneath that you don't want anybody to know comes yeah. out, right? so there is a comment that when they go in the boat, we're going to go off, we're going to go and fight the battle, and then the wisdom comes and says, but first you're going to have to fight the battle that's going on within yourself yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Before all of this, mm. you're going to have to take on what's going on you know, uh, between us. Let's just talk about this word humility and humble at the moment. Because we could misinterpret this word very, very quickly about what I'm speaking about, about what I'm doing. To be humble, to show humility, <laughs> is not that I come to the word and I say, woe is me. Like, I'm nothing. I am nothing. That's not what it is. Yeah, right. To be humble is not to make yourself nothing. Yeah. <laughs> to be humble is to know your true value but, but to be able to place somebody else or something else before you—that's yeah. yeah. right. That's what it is to be humble. So I know no, I've got value; innate, I have value. This is where it is in the scriptures. It would say this: You are created in the image of God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually stop there. How much more value do we need? Right? Yeah. We are created above all of creation. The crown of creation yeah. is is us. Is <laughs> us, yeah. and we are told that we are created in the image of God. But very carefully, very carefully, what we cannot then do is make ourselves God. Yes. Yes. We cannot then decide that we are God, we are God of our own destiny, etc., etc., etc. And the language goes on and on and on. We cannot make an idol of pleasing ourselves. We must humbly come to the Word of God and accept who Jesus is and accept that the Word of God has authority in our lives. We we see this and it uh, uh, refers back to um, or it it resonated with me in my mind of the saying of Jesus when we come to the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. That is in Luke chapter uh, 18. I'll read it so you don't need to turn there. Um, But in Luke chapter 18 um, we get told this uh, parable which is probably my favorite parable. Um, Jesus told this parable. Two men went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee who knew the law, who had very good uh, understanding of the scripture, who would have memorized it from young, who not only kept to the law, but went beyond keeping the law so that he would ensure that he definitely kept the law. If he was asked to give 10%, would give 30%, so he definitely gave 10 If he was asked to fast twice, would fast four times, so he definitely fasted twice. No issue with this person in terms of everybody thinking this is someone who knows the word and would follow it. Okay? So the setup is clear. A Pharisee goes to pray. Sure. Okay. This is like an elder, a leader, the leaders uh, the, 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 uh, that are going to pray. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Listen carefully. The the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like those other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood up at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other man, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Yes. If, you, if you look up humility, the word "humble" it appears I mean because you've got differentiations of the word, "humble, humility" to be of humble in state you're looking at it appearing like 71 times in the scripture. The opposite of humility is pride. The opposite of humility is pride. Pride in the dictionary definition is feeling deep pleasure or satisfaction as a result of one's own achievement, qualities or possessions. That's the Pharisee, right? That's the way he prayed. Or having or showing a high or excessive high opinion of oneself or one's importance. He was a proud and arrogant man. When we come to the scriptures, we are at war with ourselves. I spoke about Matthew Moult earlier. He wrote a song and and I quote him here. He says these words. You're in a heart love affair with the world. Yeah. You're in a heart, you're having a heart love affair with the world. Yeah. And it's a war just simply walking out your own door. Yeah. You're at war every time you walk out your own door because the most important person in your world is you. Yeah. you, you, you we, are wired. we are wired that way. We, if our lives were a car, we like got that broken steering that just turns one way. We are constantly broken and trying to turn towards sin. We're trying to feed our own desires. We're trying to feed our selfish ambition. And we are trying to make sure that we are the captains of our own ship. And we are God of our own life. And God and in control of our own destiny. When we come to scripture, if you want to implement scripture into your lives. That your your life, your work, your, your whole being, your family life would be in tune with the word of God. You must come to the scriptures humbly. Not without value, with understanding your value Mm. and understanding your worth Mm. and then being able to say, God, I am made in the image of you. You have a plan for me and you sent Jesus to die for me. That is my value, my intrinsic value to God. Now I humble myself upon your word. I do not know greater than you. Your plans for me are better than the plans I have for myself. If we were writing our own plans, we would stay in Cape Town. why would we move you've seen the mountain you've seen the beach we get our giving comes to us in pounds you were all upset when Jacob Zuma was firing finance ministers, I was never upset, carry on carry on fire up you 20 no problem it got to 20 no prob- when it went to 20 I was no problem yeah. Yeah. no problem do you want to go for steak tonight darling or not okay if we were making our own plans and devising our yeah, own ways we not. would stay put but we humble ourselves yeah. to word and spirit we humble ourselves to understand that God's ways are going to be greater than our ways you see here's the problem that we approach the parable of the sower as though there's only two two types of people in the parable of the sower we act as though there's two types of seeds the seed that accepted the word and the seed that didn't accept the word I don't know if that's your default position on the parable of the sower the parable of the sower where the seed is scattered talks about four types of seed and 75 percent of the seeds accept the word yeah. Yeah. Only twenty-five percent is snatched away and don't accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Seven but only twenty-five percent of the seed. Catch with me if you're good at maths. It was easy for me because there was four, so it divides quite easily. Yeah. <laughs> Anything more than that, and I'm done. Hey? Right. <laughs> I'm done. I am done. I failed my maths test, right? I then broke my hand, okay? I broke up with a girlfriend, I punched a wardrobe and I cracked a knuckle in my hand. Don't do it, yeah. right? I then went to sit the exam with a plaster cast so you get someone who helps you to do the exam. The lady who helped me do the exam would often say during the test, are you sure about that answer? <laughs> would, would you like to redo that answer again? <laughs> With her help, I still failed the maths. <laughs> I then could not get into university because of my maths, so I, my parents knew, we applied for a dispensation because I was in so much pain, bless me, because of my hand, that my brain wasn't working properly, <laughs> I'm just bad at maths, but thankfully they upgraded, I got the pass and I got through. so don't ask me to do maths, but four divides 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%, only 25% of the CD, even though 75% accept the word, only 25% yeah, bear any fruit. Wow. Mm-hmm. The others are either withered away, which Martain spoke about last week. I know some of you think I was preaching last week. I wasn't. It was Martijn. My name is not Martain. I am Steve. not me. We are not brothers. We are not related in any way other than through Christ. Okay. He pre- preached last week on why we made, why uh, one, uh, 25% of the seed was burnt, and it was through suffering, through trial. Got too difficult. The sun burnt it away. Yeah? Um, the, the other is was choked choked by material wealth, choked by uh, uh, um, um, the, our, our love for money and, the, and, and all of those uh, kind of stuff. I'm not preaching on that verse, but I want you to, 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 to roll with this and to understand this, that it is clear then that the text shows us That we are at war with ourselves. That we are going to war with ourselves. When when it's coming to following the word and putting it into action, we are going to war with ourselves. Our default sinful nature wants to cry against it and say, who are you to tell me what to do? Be honest. Be honest. When you read the scripture, it hits you. If you go to a definition of scripture from scripture itself, you go to 2 Timothy 3.16. It says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. By my maths again, because that's four, only 25% of that sounds like fun. Teaching sounds good to me. Rebuking, no thanks. Correcting, I don't know whether that's worse than rebuking or not. Uh, uh, like either could be bad, but correcting's not much fun either. Training, have you been to the gym recently? It's not fun. Uh, it, the people that think it's fun have got like that, that endorphin thing where they get addicted to that. I, I, I don't know, I've never found that state. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to get it, but it's like always not within reach. Yeah. I trained with Diana the other day. She said, you're just lazy. I said, I know I'm lazy. I know, I, I know I'm lazy, right? So, so when we're here... Is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Yet we come to the scriptures and we're upset when we feel like we're being taught, rebuked, yeah, or corrected. Yeah, that's right. But that's the purpose of it. Yeah. That's the purpose of it. God didn't want to leave you to be flapping, to be wondering, to, yeah. to, be, to be. He wanted us to be trained in righteousness. That is the purpose. And then it comes when, with the definition of what, what scripture is. Yes, scripture is 66 books. Yes, it's spanned over lots of years. Yes, it sometimes feels like it it, does this fit, does this match, does this come together. I heard a brilliant analogy of what scripture is in the week. I heard an amazing analogy. Imagine if you were at a jazz. Diana and I's first date was at a jazz cafe, like a jazz event. It's a terrible place to go on a first date. Let me just tell you that. Can I tell you why? Because one jazz piece goes on for like 45 minutes. When you get to chat up the girl that you bought when the guy's playing for 45 minutes, if you talk during the thing, everybody gets upset with you because they're sitting there like the music, <makes> the music. It's all it's awful. It like clashes, it's like everybody's doing their own thing and like they're there, like they're clashing like this, bah 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 against each other and then you get about a two-second break. Hey, how do you think it's going? Would you like a drink? Oh, man, he started again. It's a true story, right? We stayed for the encore. I miss my train home. I'm in one of the most dangerous... She grew up in one of the most dangerous parts of London. I miss my train home. I then have to run. Run. This place is scary. Run for like 25 minutes to get to the nearest place I can get a bus from. It was a disaster, right? However, jazz music. Let's get one point here. Jazz music. Jazz music. The same person can play four, five, six different instruments with the same breath, can create different sounds with each different instrument, can then lay them down on a track, can even feel like they clash in parts and we have to wrestle with it and people will see that this is clearly one piece of music. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When the scriptures uh, we are told are God breathed, yeah. you have one breath breathing. Through many different instruments over many different years. And some places may feel like they clash. But there is an overarching narrative and story. There is a song that is being played here. That you need to tune into. That you need to listen to. That you need to grab onto. But you're at war with yourself. You're at war with yourself. You know this is good for you. You know this is the medicine that you need. But you want to reject it. Because your sinful nature constantly wants to come warring against us. Therefore, we come with word and spirit. We come with word and spirit. That's why as a church, we have this value of word and spirit. We've waited upon the spirit. And then Sheldon says to me, I know you're coming to uh, preach the word. We've gone over. Don't worry about it. Just keep preaching. Because we want to know what God is saying, both word and spirit. Both word and spirit. We want to hear it together. We want to press into it together. Not only are you at war with yourself, but you are at war with an enemy. The 25% of the seed that got snatched was taken by the devil. Let me explain to you exactly what happened last night. I go to sleep. I've been preparing. Blah, blah. Diana says, well done. You know, you're going to go there. In the mid- I feel like it's the middle of the night. It's actually what, 20 to 1 or something? You were awake. 20 to 1, I have this dream. This is a dream I have. It's happened to me. I'll explain how it happens to me. I have a dream that a thief comes into my room. The thief comes into my room with a spray can. He places the spray can over my mouth and he says, you're to stop speaking. Place over my mouth. Place <laughs> the thing. I then start to shout, Jesus! Because I've been trained, right? You can't come to me in my sleep and do that. I'm, I'm ninja. How about that stuff? I know what to say, right? So like that, we don't play around with that, right? In my sleep, I'm like, Jesus! And then, and this used to scare Diana. Like, what is going on with this guy? I've married a guy who's possessed. She's looking like... Get the oil, like, help this <laughs> guy. So we're used to this. When I speak, when I speak, and I know it's going to have an impact, this will always happen. Yeah. Come, and the attack on me will come in the place of my victory, which is th- to speak. Yeah. That's what I've been gifted to do. Yeah. So the enemy comes to do what? Steal, yeah. uh, kill, destroy. Yeah. and tr- 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 Here's. A, I wake up, she says, Are you okay? here's the thing, you know you're in. I wake up, and Diana's doing the same thing every single time. I see her hand just hovering here, and she's praying for me. Imagine, I wake up, I see, I open one, eye. I'm tired now. Oh, man. She, and she's like, you okay? See, yeah, I, 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 my heart's like, Barrr. I said, I'm fine. I said, we know what this means, don't we? She laughs and she smiles. She said, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know, go to the toilet. I've been woken up. <laughs> so I, I, I said, what are you going to do? She says, I don't know, Hannah's going to wake up soon. I'm going to go on Facebook. I said, okay, cool. So I go into the toilet, I'm going, I'm going to the bathroom, and I hear these words. I'll back down if you back down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I hear these words. I'll back down if you back down. Come on, come on. But we don't. We, here's, you can. We can either worry, worry, worry. Scale, oh man. Well, maybe I should back down, or maybe I should not speak. I've learned over the years that this keeps happening to me. That all he's got is a bark. That's right. Doesn't have a bite. Yeah. All he's got is a bark. So tell me all you want. Tell me all you want. I need to back down. I'm not going to back down. Yeah, that's right. Tell me all you want. I need to be quiet. I'm not going to be quiet. Tell me all you want. I've got to stop preaching. I'm not going to stop preaching. Tell me all you want. I need to change your message. I'm not going to change your message. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So Diana, she's finished praying now. She's, you know, the whole room's cleansed and all that jazz. (laughs) This is how relaxed we are now. Because we need to be relaxed sometimes. She says, what are you going to do? I say, I'm going to go back to sleep. Because the enemy wants to keep me awake, doesn't want me to be on point for that I said I'm going to go back to sleep because I'm confident in whose I am, Amen. confident that I'm in God, I'm confident that my words won't be taken away from me, Amen. I'm confident that this is what it wants me. But I want you to know that you're at war with an enemy when you pick up the scriptures. Yes. It's no coincidence that I'd spent three hours wrestling with this text. Before I, before I go to sleep, I spend hours in the Word trying to understand what God is saying to us. You are at war with an enemy who does not want you to act upon this book. Yeah, right. He does not want you to take the Word of God and implement it in your life. Yeah. He doesn't want to see you living out these victories. He doesn't want to see it. He wants to drag you down. You back down and I'll back down. Yeah. Yeah. People would say to me around that time when, we, when all of those stories were coming, don't take it too far though, eh? I don't understand. How can you take the scriptures too far? I'm not sure. As long as you're being faithful to them, don't, don't give it all away. Yeah. Yeah. I used to stand up and say, what's the worst thing that can happen to me? I'm going to give all my money away. What's the worst thing that can happen if you give all your money away? You can become poor. Mm. What, what are the poor? The poor are blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Blessed are the poor. Yeah, that's right. The Bible says blessed are the poor. Yeah. So, what's the, so you say to people, what's the very worst thing that can happen to me if I give all my money away? I'll be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> What's a win-win situation? Bro? I'm in a win-win situation. I can't lose it. I can give all my money away and be blessed. Or I can be in disobedience to the word of God. That's right. So exactly. well, I'll be in a win-win. Thank you very much. I'm going to listen to God. If you don't mind, I'm enjoying this conversation. But I'm going to just listen. Quiet in your voice. And I'm going to listen to the word of God. Amen. I'm going to follow this in situation. But we are at war. The third place we are at war in is we are at war with the culture around us. We are at war with the culture around well. us. The default culture that we live in at the moment does not value this book as the word of God. No. It does not tell you that this book is the word of God. It does not say that you should humble yourself to this book. I want to read something to you. And I, I'll be honest, when I read this to Diana, she was offended, almost offended. She said people are going to be offended by that. So we had this conversation about it. I said, sure, I know, I know. I said, but, and then an the enemy says to me, be quiet, yeah. be quiet. Sure. Is this going to offend people? I said, no problem. We can offend people. The word of God is, is offensive sometimes. Yeah, right. Jesus was. But, but when we look at our culture, um, there's a, a guy who wrote a book called this. Jonathan Grant wrote a book about the culture we live in. The book is called Divine Sex, A Compelling Vision for Christian Relationships in a hyper Sexualized Age. Grant explains this. The strong tradition of individualism in the Western world has led to us placing personal freedom at the core of personal identity. Within this culture of expressive individualism, each person seeks his or her own unique core of feeling and intuition. Despite the importance of relationships, the focus and priority is always the journey of each one's individual self. This culture of expressive individualism has become the moral wallpaper of the modern world. Modern authenticity encourages us to create our own beliefs, our own morality, the only rule being they must resonate with who we feel we really are. The worst thing we can do is to conform to some moral code that is imposed on us from outside by society, your parents, the church or whoever else and read into that scripture. It is deemed to be self-evident that any such imposition would undermine our unique identity. I'm going to just stop there. I could keep reading and keep reading and keep reading. The message of our culture, our cultural narrative, our cultural wallpaper says, be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Do what you need to do and be true to yourself. That is the default culture that we sit in. Just do what is right for you. Just do what will work for you. Do whatever feels good for you. If it feels right for you, then be true to yourself. Don't let let people take the Bible and impose it upon you. Don't let people say that there's a moral code. Don't let people say that there's a God that will decide between right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Look within yourself hard enough and you'll find the truth. Look within yourself. Find your true self enough and that will be true. But this is what, what the scriptures would say. This is what the scriptures would say. Look to Jesus. He'll fill you with his spirit. Then the counsellor will come and live inside of you. What am I saying? Am I saying that we are to reject like um, uh, development? No. I'm not saying we're to reject development of ourselves. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we need to be really careful that what people don't do is take the scriptures and turn it into self-help. The scriptures isn't self-help, it's self-regeneration. It's die to yourself and be reborn in Christ. That is what the scripture says. It says you'll be filled with the spirit of God that will give you wisdom, that will give you counsel, that will, give, that, that will come upon you and guide your steps. We are in a situation of Judges seventeen six 6 in our culture. In these days there was no king in Israel. Everybody did what was right in his own eyes. Look around you at the global culture. Look around you at the key issues and everybody is doing what they believe is right in their own eyes. With the attitude you can't tell me what's right or what's wrong. I, I saw a comedian, he's a, a British comedian, who was being interviewed on American TV recently. He had the arrogance to say this. And I mean, it was just flat-out arrogance to say it. They were asking him about his atheism. He said, atheism isn't a belief for me. It's not a belief system. I believe this. If you took every single book uh, of science and you took every single book of religion and you burnt them, then what would return over time over in, a, in, a, in the world would be the books of science because they can be tested and proven. Wow. The books of faith will disappear. (laughs) Here's my problem. Everybody. Ah, yes. Brilliant. What wisdom. What astute wisdom. Here's my problem with that. Jesus doesn't exist in myth. He exists in history. So ask me of the New Testament. Am I to put this in with the books of history or not? Or the books of faith? Because Jesus historically lived, historically died, and historically made the claims that he was God on earth. So we want to burn history as well. So you want to burn all the books of wisdom and you want to burn all the books of history and you think you're going to get on well. (laughs) The work of Jesus would still stand even in his test. Because what he did is historically true. You don't believe a myth. You don't believe a myth. You believe there. if you're a Christian, you are saying you believe in a man called Jesus, who's fully man and fully God, yeah. who came to earth to die for our sins and came to restore and make a way for us to be reborn, that we may live with him forever. Yeah. That when there is a new heaven and a new earth, he shall come with God the Father and God the Spirit and, and, and renew all things and renew all things. God. That's what it is. Yeah. But the culture you live in, the radical individualism that we live in, would tell you, just be true to yourself, eh? Do what feels right to you. If what you read in the Bible feels good to you, then do it. If you don't like it, then reject it. Do what feels good to you. Here's the problem. Since when did teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness feel good? All the time. It doesn't exclusively feel good. Since when a vine was being cut, since when did that feel good? Since when did going through a furnace that our gold would be refined? Since when did that feel good? So if all you're doing is being led by your emotions to what feels good to you, you're going to find yourself in a hell of a lot of problems. Excuse the pun. You're going to find yourself in problems because your emotions can deceive you. You're being told just to follow your emotions all the time. Sometimes we need to speak to ourselves and say, No, no, my soul. I will follow what the scripture says. (laughs) Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to follow it. Even if, I, even if I can't quite get my head around it, we are going to follow what we believe that God is saying to us. You are at war with yourself. You are at war with an enemy. And you are at war with a culture when it comes to fulfilling the purposes of God in your life. Proverbs 21.2 All a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. All of a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. Jesus, Luke 11.28 Someone cries out to him, blessed is Mary, blessed, he's teaching, and they go, blessed is your mum, blessed is she above everybody else. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Jesus himself quotes the word of God at the enemy. It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus has the highest regard for the scriptures. There are some cultures who still do not have the scriptures in their own tongue. They still cannot pick up these scriptures and read them in their own tongue. Here we are with the privilege of having the scriptures in our mother tongue. Here we are with the privilege of being able to read the God, or the word of God. Here we are with the privilege of being able to sit underneath the wisdom of God. And yet so often we are like a man who looks in a mirror, who hears the word of God and decides to walk away and forget what we look like. That is the wisdom that James is delivering to you this morning. Do not Be proud, but humble yourself under God and under the scriptures. Bring yourself before God that you may be someone who is seen as righteous before God. Time and time again, uh, the the Bible reads, uh, Exodus 10, uh, verse 3. How long will you refuse to humble yourselves before me? Let my people go so they may worship me. Uh, Leviticus then their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they pay for their sin now Moses was a humble man more humble than anybody else on the face of the earth remember Deuteronomy remember the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you Deuteronomy 8 3 he humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna Um, uh, 1 Samuel uh, 2 Samuel 22 you save the humble but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low Um, it just goes on and on and on Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. Come low. Come and pray. Humble yourself and be before God and bring yourself um, before the word of God. I've I've toyed with how to land this. I I really don't know if I've made my point. And I don't say that so you go, yes, you have. You have. (laughs) I I pray we have. I pray you've landed just this single point, which is today God would challenge you. And for some of you, the, the raw truth is this. And it looks at different levels that you actually know there is a place in your life right now where you are not in alignment with the Word of God. You know. You know without a shadow of doubt. Whether that's somewhere big, whether that's somewhere small. really doesn't matter. All roads of disobedience lead the same way. You know... As I've been speaking, you know the conviction of God has come upon you that you do not live your life in line with a certain part of Scripture whether that's to do with your the way your uh, marriages whether that's to do with your relationships whether that's to do with your business whether that's to do with your bank account whether that's to do with the way you speak which is going to come up later whether that's going to do with what the way you behave sexually that's going to come up later in the scriptures whether that's to do with the way you serve whether that's to do with uh, a a whole host and heap of things in your life there is a lack of integrity in your life somewhere because you have not aligned it and you have and God would call you this morning to humble yourself before the word God would say, do not stand proud against the word. Do not stand proud against the word of God that comes. Do not stand and place yourself where you are God, but humble yourself under the scriptures. Come right, come to repentance and come right before the word of God. God would say that some of you have lived as though the culture was right. You've lived in a way that's been controversial to the culture. You've just been true to yourself. You've taken some of the scriptures and you've turned them into self-help. God would call you out of the culture and into a counterculture that says, I live by the word of God. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by the word. Yeah. Would call you unto again, underneath the word of God. That would do. Some of you know that you've used good, sensible, theological excuses for the reason why you don't do things. You've made arguments. You've made arguments for the reasons why you don't do things. Here's where I want to land. There's a huge difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Yeah. 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 Some of you know about God. You know about God. I can't tell you anything about the Greek or the Hebrew or the, the, the patterns or the structures. You know about God. But you don't know God. Because if you knew God, you would listen to his word and you put it into action. I want to just read these words over here. It's from a very well-known book, um, from J.I. Packer. It was given to me by my dad and by the pastor who fathered me. That's how important they believed this book was. It says this, We come back to them where we started. The question is not whether you're good at theology or you're balanced in your approach to problems of Christian living. The question is, can we say simply, honestly, not because we feel as evangelicals we ought to, but because it's a plain matter of fact that we have known God. And that because we've known God, the unpleasantness we have had or the pleasantness we have not had through being Christian doesn't matter to us. If we really knew God, this is what we'd be saying. And if we're not saying it, it's a sign that we need to face ourselves more sharply with the difference between knowing God and merely knowing about him. I want you to stand this morning soberly, soberly, before God. And I want to ask you, in area of your life, is there a gap between what the scripture says you should be doing and who you should be and what you are living? And how much do you want to know God? How much do you want that to be the sole purpose for your life? When all is said and done, I want people to say, of all the moves we did for God, of all the things we did for God, that Stephen, Diana and their family knew God. They knew him face to face, like a man knows a friend. They knew God. As we pause now, and this could be something very small or something very large, and no one's going to ask you to expose that. If you know the conviction has come upon you today, that there's somewhere in your life that you need to bring in alignment with the Word of God, I just want to ask you to stand I'm not going to ask you to expose what it is. I don't care whether it's big, small to you, indifferent. Thank you. I want you to stand. If you know there's a place in your life where God has said to you to to move and you haven't moved. Thank you. across all generations male, female, young, old you're fighting a war within yourself you're fighting a war with an enemy and you're fighting a war with a culture God has called you men and women this morning to not be like a man who looked at the word and listened but doesn't do what he says but like a man or woman who, who would look at the word of God and immediately know that that perfect law Will bring you freedom. It's what the scriptures say to you this morning that when you stare at the perfect law and you act upon it, it's going to give you freedom. That's right. My prayer for you this morning is as you've stood, you make a decision in your heart to chase freedom. Yes. Not the freedom of the world, it just ends up binding people. Yeah. We live in a world that is incredibly bound because constantly people are just doing what is right in their own <laughs> eyes. I pray for you a release of freedom and joy and love that comes from the Holy Spirit as you align your lives to the Word of God. My prayer for you, my prayer, Jesus, is for every yes, person Lord. standing this morning yes, that Lord. you would break the chains, mm. break chains of self and our war with our own sinful nature, break chains of the enemy who would whisper lies to us, break chains of the culture that would speak over us a wrong way of living. And God, I pray... That each of us has the strength this morning to bring our lives in alignment with scripture. That we would be mature, God. That we would be mature in our faith. A mature faith that not only hears the word but acts upon it. May you grow us to be a remnant in this place. A remnant of people that hear your word and acts upon it. A remnant of people that believe in, in, uh, in, in the reality of sin. A remnant of people that know that sin will only lead to death. But your word and eternal life and Jesus leads to life and freedom and goodness. Father, we rebuke the lie that says, but if we follow the scriptures, it won't work. If we follow the scriptures, we'll simply find pain. If we follow the scriptures, we'll simply head towards disaster. I've got a better plan, Lord. Would you just let me try my plan? We rebuke those lies, God. And we as a remnant sit under your word and say, let it have power over us and over our lives. And may your word bear fruit. May we be the 25% that bear fruit, hundredfold. And in truth, all you need to do, all Jesus says in the parable of the uh, sower is you need to persevere to bear fruit. All you need to do is persevere. I pray your backbones would be strengthened. I pray as you stand today, your guts would be charged. I pray your arms would be strengthened. Your your shoulders would be high. Your mouths would be able to say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to follow his word. And whatever the cost, we are going to chase the truth of scripture. I pray that that would be your portion. That that would be your family's portion. That that would set right lines for generation after generation in your house. That you are family that we are families that follow the word of God, that the culture could throw out the word of God and even tell us they're going to burn it. And we will say, you can burn it all you like because I've memorized it. It's in my heart, it's in my mind, and it's in my life. And I'm going to live it with or without your blessing. I'm going to see the word of God lived in my days. I pray we would be a people of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.